0: Not always, I watch the temperature. <laughs> you better enjoy it while it's on, amen. Yeah, God is good. Hey, just invite you again, just to lift your hands. I like to pray and just just if you, you're not, you're here, you're visiting. You know, one of the, the real parts about church is just to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. He's here, He's present. You mightn't have ever had an experience with Him, but tonight, just open your heart and just say, Make yourself known to me, and he will. And right now, Father, we just invite the Holy Spirit. We just say, come and minister to us in power. Bring healing into people's bodies. Set people free from oppression, especially right now in Jesus' name. Just lift a cloud of oppression off people. Where there's been hopelessness tonight, I pray restore hope. Where people have doubted the existence of your love, Father, pour your love into their hearts so that again, they feel secure. They feel privileged just to stand in the presence of an amazing God. So we just speak, I declare, just the touch of heaven to come to earth. Even as you've prayed, may your kingdom come right now on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Let the power of your presence be here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Good, take a seat, everybody. Come on, give these guys a big clap. They do so well. Great to be here. The topic of my sermon tonight is just simply Jesus. Say Jesus. It's a pretty good name. Amen. It's just simply Jesus. And uh, I just pray you'll just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Where I want to minister from is found in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. And so if you've got a Bible, you might like to turn there, but it will come up on the screen. And uh, just allow God to really touch our life. Because in the end, really, that's what the Christian church exists for. It exists to lift up the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, I love uh, the church that God is releasing through the family of equippers. But we're not here to lift up equippers. We're here to lift up, come on, Jesus. Amen. Just happens to be our family, a group of people wanting to do something significant together. And our whole mission to is equip people for life. But may their faith rest in the person of Jesus Christ. That's so all about Jesus for us. And that's what we're here for. Amen. Uh, as I mentioned, this for those who are here this morning, I... Had a good Christmas, I, I travel a lot, but I decided that I'd do something that uh, I needed to do, was simply take three weeks out. I was in a church in Taurong and someone gave me a prophecy, it just says, God is speaking to me to take a rest, and so I just obeyed him, I took a rest, and it was really good. And so uh, my sons have a property north of Auckland in a place called mangafai and uh, Wonderful thing about this property, it's completely off the grid. That means it has no external power, no external water. Everything has to come from within the means of the property. And so i uh, they, they've got two places on it. It's very rustic. There's an old cowrie villa, which they use with a massive big decking, but they gave Helen and I this cabin. And so I had to install solar panels and batteries and Uh, inverters and all these things to get power so we could run a fridge, run a TV, and just run the basics so we had light, and uh, it was a real challenge. I, in the process, only blew one fuse, which is pretty good for someone who doesn't really know a lot about these things, but in the end, the the joy was the day I plugged the inverter, uh, the fridge into the inverter, and it worked and I got the TV going, and everything's going, and we can enjoy our little cabin now with this source of power that doesn't cost us any money, which is really quite a great thing. But one thing I learned about putting panels and solar panels in, to get the best benefit out of them, you've got to face them north, due north. They've got to be a certain degree, uh, and you've got to actually face them due north, because that's where they'll create the most energy. And do you know one thing about our Christian life is we have a due north. And that person is Jesus. And when you you focus your life around the person of Jesus Christ, it's amazing the source of energy that God will create in your being. He'll, He'll give you energy, he'll bring life, he'll cause rhythm to come to your life that you could never experience any other way. And so one of the great challenges was setting this whole system up. I also have got a lot of grandkids and And so they're all growing up. Uh, There's six boys and six girls. And uh, one of the things I do is I do things that other people won't do. So 12-year-olds start driving cars. (laughs) And you see these little boys? I do it in my wife's car. She's got a little Hyundai Gets. And uh, these little boys sit there. I'm on the other side starting out. And they can barely touch the accelerator. And I smack their left leg. I say, you're not allowed to use that because it's automatic. And these little boys, for the first time, I tell you, they're driving the car. And I do put them on the public roads <laughs> where there's no other cars. I, I break all the rules. But that's how I grew up. Amen? Just enjoying some things that other people don't do. And so they were with me for three day, uh, 24 hours by myself, three boys. And they went and told their mum everything that they did with their grandpa. And their mum was going, their mothers were going, oh no. And my wife said, Did you really? So if you need to entertain boys, you've got to let them do things that boys love doing. Amen. So holidays are powerful things. And I think so often we're so PC in life, we just need to get the fun of Jesus back. <laughs> I think Jesus would have fun with grandkids, wouldn't he? Amen. Do you think? You know, not just being boring. So let's, let's create an environment where Jesus can actually be real. And uh, the amazing thing was in doing all that, why I tell a story? Because the moment you go into a kid's world, they come into your world. And it doesn't take them long before they're wanting to talk about Jesus. Even 12-year-old kids, you're starting to talk. Why? Because you've gone into their world. You touch something that they like doing. And I had to give them turns. It's your turn to drive. And I had to also say, there's no comparisons we're not having I'm better than you. If you say I'm better than you, you're not going to drive. But I went into their world, and the moment I went into their world, what did they do? They turned around and came into my world. And I start talking, and they start talking about Jesus. They start talking about creation. They start talking about redemption. Amazing what kids will go, where they'll go if you go into their world. They're starting to want to know about love. They want to start to know about mission. They start to come into the world, and you know, we should never ever stand back and in going into the world of Christ into people's lives. and that's why tonight unapologetically, I want to take you on a journey because you know our image of who Jesus is is often created by an artist. It's created by many different things. We often see Jesus as a, a person hanging on a cross. Well, that happened, but we see it a lot through art, but yet the Jesus. I personally know, I know he died on the cross for me, but I don't see him like all the images that people have painted. And tonight I want to bring you on a journey of the, uh, this great man, his name was John, and just how he, he, he physically knew Jesus. But then God came, Jesus came to him in a very special, powerful moment in this book of Revelation, And in verse 10, it just says this. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. And and the whole context there, John, this great man who who was loved by Jesus and loved Jesus. But he was saying, I was in the Spirit. Do you know something, as I mentioned this morning, very important to actually say, Holy Spirit, I, I want you. I need your presence. I I don't just want to have a superficial encounter. I want to have an encounter where you make Jesus real to me. Holy Spirit, I need your presence. And you know, the Holy Spirit is not distant. He's near. He's real. And you've got to create an environment in your life where you're able to actually embrace the person of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on and he uses language. It just goes on. It says, Uh, and, And the Holy Spirit says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the end. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. And then it describes the seven churches. And then verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice of that who spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, one like the Son of Man, And it says he was clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like the flames of fire. His feet were like fine brass as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went, seven, uh, went went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Then it says this, and I just want to perhaps bring this to a challenge to you. When I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, "Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. but this encounter of John, one who'd walked with Jesus on the earth who'd actually the Bible says even had leant into his bosom, he was close to him, but yet A man now, they would say, commentaries would say, was 90 years of age. But here's this encounter, which he didn't just rest on the knowledge of Jesus that he had experienced in his humanity. But here he was, open to let the Spirit of God reveal something of the person of Jesus now in his age. And I believe that what makes Christianity so powerful, is that the Holy Spirit is always, say always, wanting to make Jesus real to you. If you just have an experience of Jesus that has gone back 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years, one year ago, you will find that your Christianity becomes predictable and mundane. And might I say religion is incredibly boring. That's why a lot of people lose, leave church. Is because somehow they get into, they have an encounter, but then they don't let God continue to make Himself known. And religion, I believe, is boring. It's predictable. It's almost like, you know, you can lift your hands up in church and act incredibly spiritual, but thinking of roast dinner. True, I've seen, I've done it. So you can have your posture, you can have your eyes closed, your hands lifted, but yet, your heart is not in worship. It's just a posture. You're doing what everybody else does, but your heart is not connected. But here was John, one, and I want to paint the picture again, who'd walked with Jesus. They say he was the youngest of the disciples. When Jesus was on earth, he could have been a young man at the age of 18. But yet he was called. He was he was he was the one that that he terms in his own own words that. That Jesus loved. Jesus loved them all, but that was his that was his wording. But yet, here he is, he's gone through life. He was impaled in oil, he should have lost his life. But he survived miraculously. And now on the island of Patmos, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and Jesus came to him. Through the Holy Spirit. How many want their 2016 to be defined by a fresh encounter with Jesus? Come on, how many want their worship and their praise to go to another level because somehow Jesus has become real to them in a way they have never seen? And I pray tonight that somehow just in the words that John used, I can actually let the Holy Spirit stimulate you to go on to a journey. And you know, Ryan, I was sitting by you and and, and I just really felt the Holy Spirit... And I know you're a man's man. I know you've got a lovely wife over there, but you're a bloke. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Rugby. I was going to say racing, be a no. <laughs> but, but you're a man. But I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Ryan, I want to take you higher this year. I want to take you into my presence in a way that you've never been before. Your revelation of who Jesus is going to, to grow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to frame your life. But here's the wonder of it. He wants you to go higher so you can go lower. So you can go go right down and you can pick up people in their brokenness. Because you know who you're going to bring them to. And I believe that this year is a challenge for you. Because God is opening doors for you that go way beyond what you could comprehend or understand. But yet in the midst of it, God's saying, come on, come higher, my son come higher, don't don't just take for granted what I'm doing and the opportunities that are coming before you, why? Because the higher you come, the more you understand of me, the more, the deeper you go into my presence, the Holy Spirit says the lower you go to be able to pick people up in their brokenness and you will not have shame in doing so because you will know that Jesus is the answer and I right now lay hands on you and I speak revelation into your spirit. And I pray that there would come something phenomenal in your heart. Dear Rebecca, I just met you, and I believe this is a defining year for you. It's a year where God's going to define something quite powerful within your own heart in ways that you've wandered through and you've gone. But this year, God is going to do something special for you where you stand. No longer wandering, but something spiritual, something significant is going to take place in your heart. Where God, in a way, just settles something in your own spirit, in your own heart. And you say, now i got it. I understand. And right now I just release the anointing of his presence upon your life. That you just be open to the wonder of who Jesus is. Because when he comes to you, you'll, you, you'll say in your heart, and I can feel it, this is the Jesus I've been looking for. Amen. You know, God is incredibly powerful. And here, John has this depiction of Jesus wearing this white robe and this garment. It just says his hair was white like wool, like snow. And, um, you know, when you understand how God works and who Jesus is, you can never earn anything. To illustrate, I was in Nigeria for the uh, World Cup and uh, Rugby World Cup for those who, uh, I'm sure you understand that there was a Rugby World Cup last year. I was in Nigeria. Even if you're not into rugby, you know, it was quite significant, I thought. Um, but I was in Nigeria, and I was in a room, and I had to go down this, this small hotel, and I just said, oh, can you please change the channels? I, I do have to watch this game. And they mucked around and went into their computer and shifted it all around, changed all the channels. And I went into my room, and I went to my bag, and I got out my all-black jersey. By myself I put my all black jersey on and I I sat in the seat and I watched the All Blacks playing Australia. There was a moment in the second half where I was a little nervous, if you were watching the game, but then the momentum started to build and you know I was standing up because as you can see I'm quite passionate, quite expressive. And uh, even in my room, I was standing, wow, wow, you know. I don't know if anyone else heard me, but I was cheering. And and, and at the end, you know, when it came to that 80 minutes and they blew the whistle, I yelled out, we've won! (laughs) We've won! Now, when you understand it, I didn't win. But I had the jersey on. I looked like an all black, no I didn't because I got gray hair but. <laughs> but, but but I cried out, we've won! But I didn't play the game. When you understand Christ, when you give your heart to Him, He puts a jersey on you you've never, de- never deserved to wear. It's called a jersey. It's called the robe of righteousness for his namesake. Here he wore it. It's white. It's like a garment. When the Father looks upon him, he looks upon him in his glory. But when you put this jersey on, this this robe of righteousness that no one else can see, you've never deserved it. You've never played the game that defeated the enemy. But you wear the jersey. And it's a gift. It's what God gives you. You can never deserve. But yet so much Christianity is based upon trying to get right with God rather than realising that Jesus has made us right. And He gives us the privilege of wearing this amazing jersey. You know, it's not Christianity, it's not in the doing. It's in the being. It's letting God create in you. It's letting God do something special for you. It's receiving his gift of righteousness. God wants you to be righteous, but you cannot make yourself righteous. And I've seen the All Blacks. I had the privilege uh, of flying a lot. And I was flying. I was uh, sitting in a plane and I was here and Dan Carter was there. For 24 hours, going to London. So he was there. I got signatures all for my grandchildren. And, uh, you know, but, 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 but you watch these guys, and I've been in the Wellington airport, and I've seen them walk through. You know, they have their jersey on. Why are they wearing that jersey? They're representing the nation. They represent the team. If they go out and some of them have being stupid, what do they lose? They lose the jersey. They lose the right to wear the jersey. And you think about it, Jesus puts a jersey on us. He says, you're my team. My jersey's a, a jersey of righteousness. It's like a robe of righteousness. And you know, when you wear it, you represent me. So, what's your behavior? You don't actually have to try to be righteous. You just got to live because you're wearing the. Come on, you're wearing the. Come on, you're wearing the. Who are you representing? Jesus. Jesus. So, wherever you are, you don't actually have to try to be righteous. You just have to realize who you represent. You got the jersey on, you're working through the airport. You're walking through life. you got the jersey on. You didn't deserve to wear it because you've never won the game. But Jesus has entrusted to you this jersey, this robe of righteousness. And do you know, when you understand that, it just changes the way you live Christianity. It doesn't matter where you are. Wow, I've got the jersey on. That's why, for me, watching the All Blacks by myself in a room was a good experience. Amen. Helen often thinks when there's just her and I, how I can still get so carried away. I'm standing up. I'm going with it. I can show all the emotions uh, that go with a a game. I can even speak at the ref. I can speak at the players. I can speak as though I'm there, but I'm not there. And I was doing the same thing when I was by myself. But I got the jersey on. Amen. I'm representing my team. And I believe that you and I, this year, 2016, we got to see Christianity in a different way. Come on, it's about Jesus. It's about knowing he's won the game for us. It's about wearing his jersey unashamedly to be a Christian. Christians, it's time we stood up. It's time we stood out. It's time we began to to, to, to be unashamed of the faith that we represent and the person we live for. Amen? And as we do, I believe we can live boldly. We can live without shame. We can shift society back to some of the fundamentals that will actually engage them in a place where they can have life. His eyes were like flames of fire. I like the story of Peter. He came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll never stand against you. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, you know, Peter, before the cock crows three times, sorry, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. And that, Peter said, no, no, no. I'll go to you to death. Peter was standing, sitting by a well with a whole lot of people who didn't know Jesus. And Jesus was about to go through the whipping and the exchange and the beating and everything that Jesus went through. And a girl turns to him and says, you're one of them. He says, no, 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 I'm not one of them. I, I'm not with him. Three times. Peter, this wonderful man who knew Jesus, walked with him, had revelation of who he is, had denied him three times. And do you know, this is, this is, this is a scary look. When he denied him the third time, when he denied him the third time, and the cock crowed. Jesus turned and looked. Jesus turned and looked. His eyes were like flames of fire. They went into the very humanity of Peter. See, Jesus is not just a bit of art. Jesus' eyes, you imagine the eyes of Jesus looking into your life. And so often, you know, we, we spiritualize things, but Jesus loved Peter. He came to restore him. But those eyes, as they pierced into the very depth of Peter's soul, turned Peter to the point where he ran. Sometimes we just need that look. I don't know whether you have had it. I can remember drinking too much as a young Christian. And a man from my church was on the other side of the room. And he looked. And when he looked, it was as though his eyes pierced something in my spirit. And I felt so ashamed. And do you know, I have never been drunk from that day to this. Because the eyes of Jesus pierced something in my soul. I saw something that I never, in a way, wanted to have to see again. But it was like his eyes were like flames of fire. Flames of fire. Goes on and it says, his feet were like fine brass. Secure. Don't you like that? I have a, I have a scripture that has really motivated me in my life, and it comes from Psalm. I think I'll have Andrew just play the keyboard. Where are you? Thanks, mate. He's anointed keyboarder. This guy. I have a scripture that's mobilized my life. It comes from Psalm one hundred and forty-four, verse twelve. You might like to read it sometime, but it just says, "God's going to raise up a generation of young men." Young men, say young men. How many young men in the building? (laughs) I'm young in heart, (laughs) but says says young men will be growing up or mature in their youth. But then it uses a a picture that I pray if you're a a female, a girl here, you'll hear and apprehend. I, I believe this is an hour. When God is maturing young men really quickly, God's hand is on you. Amen? Just stand with me. Take, you know, I know she might like you, but <laughs> just, just lift your hands. The anointing of God. God's going to touch you. He's going to position you. He's going to, in a way, at times, just direct your steps into places you'd never, ever humanly think you'd ever go but He's going to lead you into those places. And when you stand there, He's going to instruct you. He's going to minister to you. He's going to bring life into you. He's going to add wisdom into your life, way beyond what you could comprehend or understand. And even this year, I can see some of those doors opening for you. And right now, I lay hands on you and I speak the word of the Holy Spirit into your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It goes on and says, Young men will be growing up, mature. And do you know I see that? I see young men rising. But do you know what it says of girls? It says, girls will be like pillars, sculptured in palace style. Girls. Now, this is, men men have insecurity. But one of the things that you find with females is they need affirmation. They need to know their security. Do you know what I believe God's going to do for females? That's why I love church. Ne- never get out of church. Why? Because I believe God's going to raise up females. And I'm not saying you're yeah, <laughs> But what it's really depicting is there's going to come a security to God's females. <laughs> Amen who will stand in the house of God, sculptured with beauty and palace style, who are able to be just so secure, not looking to find their security in something else, but they find their security in Jesus. He will define them. And do you know I prophetically speak that into this, this environment in 2016? Equippers Church Dunedin will be known as a place where you can come It's not a show. It's not a gig. No, it's a house where young men can grow and be mature very quickly. They'll have wisdom that will astound. There will be people who are defined in this place in 2016, where God puts something in your heart but girls will come in here broken and insecure and somehow they will just stand up. Every week they'll get stronger. They'll stand up straighter. They'll get more secure in who they are. Why? Because Jesus' feet are like brass. Amen. When you get Jesus defining your life, He puts security into your being. He causes you to stand upright so you're not defined by the things around you, but you're defined by the understanding of who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. Amen. How many want that Jesus this year? Come on, how many want that Jesus? Come on, how many want that Jesus? Come on, how many want that Jesus? How many want that Jesus? A Jesus who can cause you to stand secure. Amen, can cause you to stand secure. And I believe that's the revelation that the Holy Spirit brings to you. I live with a woman. (laughs) No, pretty good. But do you know, I have one thing I've learned and she's learned with me. There's something I can never, ever meet in her heart. And there's something... She can never meet in mine, but only Jesus can. And if you're looking to find your security in someone else, you'll always find there's a vacuum because only Jesus can meet a certain point. That's why we're going to have a revelation of Him. And I've watched my wife and she's watched me just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I remember one year she just said these words to me, you know, this year for me is just all about knowing Jesus more. And I watched her that year get stronger and stronger and stronger, more secure, because Jesus will never leave you vulnerable. He will always leave you secure. Why? Because His feet are like brass that, They're secure. They're not pulled around. They're not ripped around. Then it goes on in the Scripture. And I want you to catch the spirit of it. This is just framing. His eyes are like flames of fire. His feet like brass. His voice, the sound of many waters. I like that. The sound of many waters. Because sometimes you think that Jesus' voice will just always be kind. But when you understand Jesus, His voice is not always kind. He had the voice that said to the disciples, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. It was like, you come with me and I'll show you how you can do life. Then Peter one day, again Peter, he was seen to be the, the one who stands out the most but he had this revelation and he saw Jesus. He said, do you know, you, you, you're, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, 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 and Jesus turns to him and he says, you know, Peter, flesh and blood did not show you this, but my spirit. And only in a few verses after, I'm not the time, sure of the time distance, Peter's coming out again with some revelation about Jesus when Jesus is talking about going to the cross. And he, you know what, what Jesus turns to him and says? Get behind me, Satan. But Jesus' voice is there to say to Peter, You know, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. But then, on the day after his resurrection, he's on the beach and he's sitting. And his voice knew how to gather Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. You know I love you, Jesus. But yet it is humanity. Peter had failed. But the voice of Jesus was restoring. See, See, the voice of Jesus is not just all cuddles. Do you hear me? Not just all cuddles. People people think, oh, Jesus, he would never be stern. But you imagine him going into the temple. He didn't go in nice. and, "Oh, Oh, boys, please, you're not doing what's right in this house. Please get rid of all those tables, you naughty fellas. The Bible says he went in, there was indignation in his heart. He was angry. Sometimes with little children, you've got to show your anger. Not that you are angry, but you show anger. Because they don't listen. You've got to be, you've got to show anger. You've got to say, no, what you're doing is wrong. You continue to do that. Your life is going to get destroyed. You don't go up. No, 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 you can't do that, little fella. No, you, you, there's a sternness in your voice. Come on, there's a sternness. Good parents know how to have a sternness in their voice. In my day, a smack didn't hurt. <laughs> I'm not sure about today. You might still do it. <laughs> but I think it doesn't hurt. Why? Because they need to know the indignation. And Jesus showed it. He showed indignation, but yet He showed love. He showed security, follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. When, when they had revelation, he said, you, you don't know what, you, you, God, the Spirit of God has revealed this to you. You see, don't, don't just get a picture of Jesus as a nice bit of artwork. Or don't just see Jesus on the cross. Let Jesus become more real to you. Let God speak into your heart in 2016. Let God, let the voice of God shape your humanity says his words were like sharp two-edged swords. I I know I've shared this here before. Um, I'm sure I have. Um, But I want to share it again because it probably just best illustrates what I want to say. As you can see, I'm quite a passionate person. And passionate people by nature can have what you call a short fuse. Does anyone know what a short fuse is? A short fuse is you can blow up really quickly and then come down quite quickly. But you don't actually realise you're doing it, you know, you just bang, you know, and then you're down, life carries on quite normal and you're just living along until something else touches the fuse and it's very short and you blow up and you come down again and, you know, I just live like that. That's how I was. And, you know, I pastored a church like that. And then one day my wife just said to me, she said, Bruce, she said, I can't take any more of your anger. I said to her, I'm not angry, no. <laughs> because somehow you know you're blinded to things in your life. You're actually blinded to your own current reality at times. And so I walked away, and she hadn't just said it then, she'd said it a few times before. But this time I, I got up in the morning as I do, and I was having my devotion. And I remembered her words for some reason this time. And do you know what happened to me? I, I was there, I was praying, I reflected on the words, and then I heard this. You ready? This was the Holy Spirit. He said, neither can I. Neither can I. And like, that was a, like a sharp two-edged sword that just went, uh, but yet it shaped me, it changed me, I didn't lose my short fuse that day but over time I've learned to govern my passion, I've learned to live and not just get angry and walk away with it saying that's who I am and that's what the Word of God, that's what Jesus wants to do because every single one of us, you, you, might, you might sit there and say, oh, well, I'm not like you. I don't I don't have a short fuse. Well, what about your quiet stubbornness? What about when you sulk? What about when you go out and you don't talk to your husband or your family for two or three days? Come on, that's just the same. That's just anger turned in. It's just anger turned in. You say, "Well, oh, I don't get angry. Like, yeah, no, no, come on. Let's face reality now. What is anger? Anger turned in when you don't sulk, when you sulk, you don't talk, you have a huffy puffy. You know, it's just the same, it's just the same thing, but it's just turned inward. And we need to learn to deal with those. Why? Because God wants to deal with the rhythm. Jesus wants to deal with the rhythm of your humanity. He wants to deal with the rhythm of your life. He's not just an artwork on a bit of wall. Do you see what I'm saying tonight? He wants you to have a revelation that His mouth, when He speaks, it's like a sharp two-edged sword. It can go right into the very depth of your humanity. Why? Because He wants to change our humanity. He wants to change His eyes when He looks. His eyes, when he looks, are like flames of fire. They're able to pierce right into the very depths of your being. Is that the Jesus, you know, or is Jesus just someone superficial? Is he just someone you come along, you lift up your hands, and you get into a godly gig on a Sunday, and then you go out and you just do your thing? And I love equippers, I love our music. I love the sound, but it's not just the gig. It's not just a gig that you come to on Sunday to fill in part of your day. It's a place where you can have an encounter with a God who has expressed Himself in the person of Jesus Christ. He's made Himself known. And He wants to continually make Himself known. If this 90-year-old man by the name of John who walked with Jesus in His flesh and blood can be in the Spirit on the Lord's day and God comes with His amazing revelation. It says, write it down. But it moved his life. It moved his life to the point where I just just think it's incredibly powerful because it says that when John had this revelation, just uh, one of you young guys, you look pretty good. Yeah, you're a handsome man. Come here, everyone. What I want you to do is lie on the floor face down. Yeah. This, you're dead. Yeah. It says, he fell on the ground like a dead man. There's something in his heart. There was something in his spirit that was so moved by what had taken place. So moved. But do you know, please listen to me. Jesus Never leaves us on the ground. He comes and he puts his hand in our hand and he says, Stand up. And when we stand up, we stand up with a new view, a life. We stand up with a new courage. We stand up with a new perspective on how we walk and what we do. But initially, our response wow, Jesus, I never thought this encounter would put me on the ground. And I believe that this year, the Holy Spirit's gonna touch your life. And right now I just speak, and I just want you to lift your hands if you wouldn't mind. Just relax, just relax. No, just relax. Don't worry about anybody in this room, just relax. And now let God come to you. Let the anointing of this Holy Spirit just come right over your life. There it is now. you got it in you. It's going right over you right now. Just anoint Him. Anoint Him. Anoint Him. May He even wake up in the night and have just such a sense of your presence. Your anointing. Just touch Him. Just touch Him. Just touch Him. Just touch Him. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See see the Holy Spirit. There's been moments, you know, I remember as a young Christian, I I grew up on a farm just north of Wellington, and I'd go out at night and be sort of like twilight. And I can remember just sitting on an old tree stump. Just as I sat, just the presence of the Holy Spirit being incredibly real. And I'm a bloke. I was a farm boy. I, I belonged to a young farmer's club and if you know what they're like. <laughs> I remember just sitting on an old stump and somehow the presence of the Holy Spirit just became so real that I started to cry. But it wasn't a crying of pain, it was just the tears that God you would be real to me this little farm boy you'd become real to me and I remember just sitting there and just sitting and just letting the Holy Spirit somehow just bring Jesus to me, you know, many years have passed since that moment I'll tell you still the most precious moments in my life is when I just stop. I'm in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Something of the presence of Jesus just gets a little bit more real. I understand who He is and He helps me to understand Who I am. And this year, I want to break the curse of religion. I want to break it. It's like a curse. And I want you to have a fresh touch with the person of Jesus. Why? He will correct you, but he'll make you. Girl here, this, yeah, you just come, just come for a moment. Just lift your hands, just stand in the presence of God. When I touch you, the Holy Spirit's gonna go right over you and He's gonna deal with an inherent insecurity in your life. Amen. You ready for it? And right now, in the name of Jesus, I just lay hands on you. There's the anointing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, he's just touching you. Right now, he's just going right over your life. And you're going to just get stronger and stronger and stronger. In Jesus' name. Wonderful couple, older couple. I can't remember your names. Yeah, just here. Just stand for a moment. Do you mind standing here? You, both of you. Yeah, yeah, you too. Yeah. you. Yeah, both of you. Just stand. Just stand. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you. Just stand. Both of you, stand. Both of you, just stand. Just, just come. Just come. You're a great man. You're a great man. Great couple. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just lay hands on. speak the presence of Jesus. That even as you put your head down on a pillow at night and sleep, you're going to dream dreams that it's like heaven is coming to earth. And God's going to do something incredibly special in your heart. And I lay hands on you. And I just ask for the supernatural touch of heaven, the presence of God. This couple here is an amazing couple. Do you know why? Night church is normally for young people. This couple's got a young heart. Amen. You make sure you value that lovely couple, young people. Amen. You make sure you love them. It's a girl right over there, you got your hand like that, yeah. You just stand, would you mind just coming? quickly you've never been just just come if you've never been in this church before I'm not here to embarrass you I'm here just to pray God will touch you and I pray right now in Jesus name the Holy Spirit will come to you sometimes you know even out of your own mouth you expect doubts and fears and you have apprehensions and so so many things, it's like I can see there's just like like a whole lot of loose threads that have never really come together. But this year God is gonna make himself known. And I'm gonna I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that some of those loose threads will come together. Some of the things you've doubted, some of the things you've feared, some of the things you feel at times an incredible vacuum in. God will fill. And as I lay hands on you, I bring healing, even into the insecurity in your mind and your heart. And where people have spoken, I can even feel sometimes there's been abuse. God will heal supernaturally. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 How about just standing with me? I've got to catch a plane soon, so I've got to move. Just lift your hands where you are, if you can. You don't have to, but I just want to invite you to. Just just with your eyes closed. Before he fell on the ground, it says his face, his countenance was like sun shining. It's like the beginning of a new day and... Today I prophesy into a Quipper's church and Christchurch. church. I prophesy over your life that this is like the dawning of a new day when the sun comes over the horizon and people start to get a fresh vision of who Christ is. And as you get a vision of who Jesus is, I prophetically speak, it will not make you weird. It'll make you just normal. You'll have the greatest marriages. You'll have the greatest friendships. You'll have the greatest vision and direction in life. Things will start to fall into place. You'll see God working on your behalf supernaturally. And I now, just with your hands lifted, I can't pray for every individual, but right now there is an anointing in this room where I speak into every single person's life prophetically. And I ask that, Father, in the name of Jesus, this year will be defined by Holy Spirit encounters where Jesus becomes known, where He becomes real, that people will know they are forgiven. They will understand the God of knowledge Mercy. They will understand truth surely does set us free. It is not something that's boxed in law, but it's a a step towards the greatest life of liberty and freedom that people could ever know. That they would understand that grace makes their life work. And in Jesus' name, I pray that you, Father in heaven, through your Holy Spirit, will make. Jesus knowing I prophesy that there will be something on the lips of people in this church where they will say, wow, Jesus, His name truly is above every other name. I declare praise. I declare thanksgiving. I give Him honour. I give Him glory. I esteem Him as the one who has clothed me in righteousness. I declare His victory. I thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen. He's a healer just before I go. If you're in physical pain, just lift your hand right where you are. Just lift it right up, physical pain, right now. Now, what I want you to do is you can find someone, you're part of the church, feel good about it. Just lay hands on with me, and we're going to pray together right now. I can't pray for everyone, but we're going to pray right now. Right? As you lay hands, lay hands on the head. Lay hands if you can. Come on, lay hands on the head. Right as I pray, right now, we're going to agree together. We're agreeing together. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak the power of Jesus to heal. Every physical affliction, every bondage, every area of pain, every iniquity, we break right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare that this is a house of healing. It's a house of breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.